Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Upfront Dead Under. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. The Lionesses are through to the quarterfinals and there is literally nothing else to report. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing we're going to do. Okay, fine. The Lionesses scraped through after riding their luck for 120 minutes against Nigeria. It was unbelievable. We'll talk about this. It's mind-blowing. I, 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 I can't even process it. We thought we were going home, but Chloe Kelly stepped up yet again to see England through another shootout. We're here to talk about all of that. Australia getting it done against Denmark and the USA's own shootout misery against Sweden. Okay, Rach, we're fresh off it. We've just come back from the stadium. It's been a wild night. Fairly flat from England. They've just about scraped through on penalties. Uh, it was nil-nil in full time. It was nil-nil at extra time. And then we won 4-2 on pens. I mean, Chloe Kelly again delivering the crucial and fatal blow to Nigeria. Let's start at the very beginning of this tragic, weird little story. Okay? The lineup. It came out, Kira Walsh was named, I was surprised, I didn't think it was the right call, I thought Katie Zellum should have started, I thought she had a great game against China, but she's back in. She's obviously the absolute fan favourite from, from Wiegmann, understand she's one of the best players in the world, cool, absolutely, but I don't think she delivered today. I don't think she was able to, but I don't think she delivered today. Rach, thoughts, tell me, go on. 
laying. I agree. I agree. I think, um, I don't think she should have started or they shouldn't have played the formation they played. It's like they tried to play similar to what they did against China, but just plop Walsh in and that didn't work. Mm -hmm. She's used to playing more of a defensive role and they felt like there was too much of a gap between her and Stanway and it just wasn't really working. So like at least the last time when you had the double pivot, there was an awful lot more freedom for either of those two players to move up or back. They were able to provide more options for Lauren James. And that wasn't happening because Lauren James was just marked out of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. And credit has to go to Nigeria because yes, England played poorly. And I think a lot of that is down to that, that setup that they tried to do, but equally Nigeria capitalized. um, And the fact that they tried to go with a similar lineup that didn't work, it just kind of played into Nigeria's hands a little bit. I thought they man-marked really well. They marked England's dangerous players really well, particularly Mm -hmm. um, Lauren James. I think it was Alozi who marked her. She was brilliant. Um, So many players to to point out. Kanu, Ajabade, Ndozi and goal. Like, I thought they were excellent tonight all over the park. Um, they were, you know, every 50-50 challenge they came out of, even like when the Lionesses would break with a the ball, they would just be able to kind of step in and like almost bosh them off the ball a little bit. It made them look weak um, and just kind of be like, nope, that's mine again and take off back down the pitch. Um, I thought they were brilliant. I thought their game plan was really good. And the game was like a little bit kind of stop-starty, which allowed Nigeria to maintain that level of pressure all the way through the game. Um, I thought the sending off, which I know we'll touch on, changed the game for Nigeria, actually, weirdly. I think we all thought Lauren James going off was was the death knell um, for England. And actually, it was almost like Nigeria didn't know how to handle that or capitalise on that. And by the time we got to extra time, England were just playing for penalties, which is such a risky move. But the way Nigeria were playing, it was kind of the only thing they could do. They had to sit back and just absorb the pressure. Um, so yeah, like a weird game in that like yeah, we're through and it's great, but you're like, Jesus Christ, that was a hard way to do it and a very lucky way to do it. I think if we just stay in the confines of the normal time, what happened in normal time? Because I think we, the, the crowd, the atmosphere was completely flat in the stadium. From the minute the whistle blew, it was silent. You could hear, I was up in the press pit and that's like a, that's a fair whack up into the, into the, into the heavens. And you could hear the communication from the players on the pitch. There was a sense of, you know, the USA and Sweden have just happened. Everyone's a little bit nervy about the penalty shootout type situation occurring. It was the first knockout game. Yeah, we'd had a pretty good one against China, but everyone came into this thinking, the underdogs are smashing it this year. Anything could happen. And there was a flatness. And I think that kind of resonated with the players because there was a, it felt like a flat performance. And I think Nigeria, as this kind of, I say underdogs, but they are... I'd say one of the titans coming into this. They've had an absolutely fantastic tournament. Brought it to England. I mean, in the six, there was a, in the sixteenth minute, there was two saves that Mary Earps had to make. One from the edge of the box, an absolute rocket that I think she just about got fingertips to and tipped it onto the crossbar. I think she got fingertips to it. And then the second one at the near post as well, which another one she had to literally claw out the back of her net to make sure that we stayed in the game. I think Mary Earps, obviously, she picked up player of the match and and. I don't think that was probably the right call. I think Alex Greenwood had a really good game. I think Mary Epps did have some crucial saves. She definitely or any of the Nigerian players, um, or any of the Nigerian players. He'd put in an absolute bloody shift. I mean, and Dozy had an absolute killer game as well. Um, But yeah, I think Nigeria definitely had the better, more crucial chances, but they just weren't able to convert them. Yeah, through Epps and maybe sometimes through you know not being able to just that that final touch wasn't the best one, but. 
if we'd have walked away from this game being the losers, having been knocked out of the World Cup, I don't think I could say that was an unfair result. But let's talk about Lauren James. I know we don't want to talk about it. And I think we want to touch on it sensitively and we want to do it in the right way because I appreciate she is 21. Adding the context to this, she was frustrated by the fact that she was being man-marked pretty much throughout the entire game. She wasn't getting possession. No, she is a role model. We have to appreciate that. She shouldn't have done what she did. I mean, it was obviously an intentional step on the back. It was so obvious and so blatant that I was very surprised actually when she got the yellow card in the first place. I did think that that was going to be a straight red and VAR obviously took it back and decided that it was a straight red and I think that was the right call. That was, you know, it was so intentional. Um, and I think we're kind of waiting to hear whether that's going to be a one, well, it's definitely a one game ban, but it could be a three game ban, but that has to be confirmed. But I mean, Rach, I mean, what were you th- it just it felt like a moment of madness it felt like a complete kind of um you know she'd had such a phenomenal tournament the china game seemed to be her kind of like even though we know that she's incredible on the world stage it seemed to be like her moment of like here i am i'm lauren james i'm fucking incredible and then all of a sudden what 90 minutes later in this game she is i'm hopefully not going to be painted as a villain but obviously has to appreciate that that is not acceptable yeah I think if you remember when we spoke about the China game, I mentioned there was a a point in it when she intentionally kicked the ball out when China had a corner and it hit mm-hmm. a photographer. And yes, she did. Yeah, and you know, it's it's just those little moments of petulance that need to be better managed by both her and I guess managers as well. Um because even that foul itself tonight, like even the way that she got up off the player she got up to kind of try and almost harm her a little bit the way she pulled her feet up and then followed it up with a stamp. So um, if it's anything less than three games, I'd be very surprised because we've seen red cards in the tournament already that have been... And look, yes, you've, you've, she's young and this is, you know, I'd like to think she's going to learn from this and not do something like this before. We've seen it happen in football before with young players when they're making their mark on the world stage. Um, but I think in circumstances like that, it wasn't like a challenge. It wasn't like you're in the heat of the moment trying to get a ball off someone and you've just come in reckless and caught them wrong, which is kind of what happened in the previous red card that got the one game ban and upgraded to three. So I, I, I just, I can't see it not being upgraded to three because it was an intentional act. Uh, stupid. Um, disappointing. And yeah, I, I think the fact that England went through means that it won't be the kind of Maybe get as much. moment. Yeah, and that's probably just as well for her because we've seen how the media and fans can turn on a player for something like that. Um, And yes, it's wrong and she's been duly um, punished for it and she will be duly punished for it and it has been called out by everyone who watched the game. But at the same time, I think if England had lost, I think it would have been painted as Nigeria beat 10-player England, um, which I think would have been an unfair reflection of the match had Nigeria won because Nigeria were just as likely to beat an 11-player England. But I feel like Lauren James would have been made the scapegoat and the villain for the loss. So it's probably just as well for her that England didn't lose. Um, But yeah, it's a real shame that her tournament, that will be what she's remembered for, I think, now in this tournament because she's unlikely to feature again. I think it's that if it does become a three-game ban, obviously that does mean that she will miss the quarterfinal, semi-final, and also the final. Should we progress? Um, and I think for her, obviously trying to make her mark, this was kind of earmarked out as being her 
big shining moment. Um, and I think maybe that's a fitting punishment for what she's done and lashed out, like you said, in the heat of the moment. But I do really feel for her. I mean, I can see how the frustration crept, kept in, like crept in, but also she's got to appreciate that the Lionesses now are this massive brand and that you've, you've just come off the back of the Euros, inspired a nation, you know, done all this amazing work in fighting and campaigning and, and it's not, you, you can't, Loza, you can't, you can't do that, lads. I still love you, but, you know, you can't. But also, doesn't matter who your team are, what your team have done, any of that stuff, that shit isn't cool in football regardless mm. of who you are and regardless Agreed. of what level you play and I think when you're playing in a in a situation where we are now with VAR you're just not going to get away with that shit like and yeah it, <laughs> it doesn't matter so who blatant. you are and how good a there's tournament a, you've had like there's this incredible photo on Getty Images and it's literally this the moment that she steps on this player's back on Alozi's back and um Alozi's like and I, I don't even think it was a painful step to be fair because Alozi's like laughing as it's happening obviously she can feel the studs in her back but it wasn't like a stamp it was just like a kind of like fuck you for doing that <laughs> I'm gonna get a fucking nudging um but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it's just, it was just so blatant. I think that was the issue. But moving on from that, I think, like you said, that did seem to completely change England's game going forwards. Yes, we went down to 10 players and everyone was like, well, we were struggling before. We're going to struggle even more now. But actually what happened was that we set up in a kind of 4-4-1 situation, which wasn't great attacking wise. We weren't doing great attacking wise anyway. We were struggling to kind of progress a little bit and we struggled a lot when we only had one up front and that one is Chloe Kelly and she's getting kind of um, bossed off the ball a fair bit. But defensive wise, we set up in these banks of four and that seemed to kind of really bolster. I mean, there was less, like Nigeria felt like less of a threat, did you feel, after we kind of made that transition into the 4-4-1? Yeah, because it meant we had full backs that stayed back rather than bombing mm -hmm. forward, which is what we're used to seeing. And it's generally where England get exploited, is down those those sides. Um, so obviously it was very clear that they were told to stay, like, we need to, like, bank up a little bit. Um, because they didn't, England didn't look hugely threatening going forward when they had 11. They never looked... Yes, um, Nadozi made some good saves, but it, it just never felt like when they made these runs forward that a lot was coming from them. There wasn't very much end product, so... It, you know, it certainly wasn't going to happen when they were playing with 10. Um, and I like, I do think, while defensively at times I was worried, I also thought Alex Greenwood and Jess Carter had good games. Out of the team, they were probably the best players. Agreed. Um, yeah, and I th but I also think at the same time, like, had Nigeria been more clinical with the many chances they created, I think it was like 20 chances they created, but only two on target... Um, it could have been a different story. And of course, Oshawala didn't start for them. I think they were managing her minutes. You know, again, it could have been a different story had she started. Um, so yeah, I just, there's plenty I think England are going to need to work on. And once again, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to set up when they do come out to play either Colombia or Jamaica. Are we going to see that again? God, I hope not. Are we going to go back to how they played against China? Like, what would you change? I mean, talking of super subs, obviously you mentioned Ashwala not coming on until the second half and sort of quite late in the day, I suppose, because I was expecting her to start because Randy Waldrum had said in the post-match uh, the pre-match conference uh, yesterday uh, that, you know, she was fit and available and ready and obviously she had such a big impact on, you know, some of the games already. Uh, in the Australia game, I mean, she came on like the 60th minute and so and scored eight minutes later and that was the defining moment in, in getting that win. Um, and I think... 
you know, when you, well, I was, I actually wrote in the the athletics blog, and I was saying, okay, well, Ashwala's come on. This is around the time that you know, we Vigman kind of looks at like her bench and starts going, okay, well, what kind of changes can we make? Because we looked flat as fuck, and I was like, something needs to change because we just there's no spark. All right, Huns, you're not bringing anything to the table here. So I was expecting, I don't know, like. Beth England, I was expecting her to come on a little bit earlier. I think there just needs to be something. She's bolshy. She's she wants minutes. She wants to kind of show herself. Like she's been she's been working hard at Spurs all season. She's been tenacious in front of goal. And I was expecting that you know she was maybe going to be the kind of like shining out. And she didn't come on until late in the day. That I was like, and and she did make an impact. She did make an immediate impact. I did think they looked a little bit more sprightly, but. That was a really unusual factor for me, that Wiegmann didn't make those subs so late. I mean, do you think that was kind of... That had a bit of an impact on the game. I mean, why do you think that that was? Because that didn't make sense to me at all. I think she's taken this Tinker Taylor, Serena Wiegmann name a bit too (laughs) bloody seriously. And she's trying to, like, change up everything she does. Because I think that's one of the first times we've not seen subs by the like the 60th minute or so um and the this game the was game playing out for it just wants to make it so inconsistent yeah. that no one knows what the what hell is going expect? on at any point well, i'm not like, gonna do it. mary erps you're playing number nine mystery. now rachel daly <laughs> fuck it you could probably do a good job um yeah i just it's not even like it was a situation where you're like do you know what they're doing well it's fine we'll just keep mm-hmm. them on the game was desperately in need of fresh blood i said this in the german when we were talking about the germany game they just kept doing the same thing and expecting a different mm-hmm. result and it wasn't happening. Like, Russo and Hemp were so much less effective than they had been in the China game. They just seemed, I don't know really wide, or like they never seemed to be in the right place. Um, and mm-hmm. they just weren't as direct as we'd seen in the previous game. So, yeah, I don't know. For a, a game plan that had worked so well in the previous match, whatever they did tonight just didn't work. And we've talked about it before. I don't think England are very good at adapting in-game, at problem-solving in-game. We saw it in the Denmark game. Um, and I think that was a big problem tonight as well. Well, we now face Jamaica or Colombia in the, in, the, in the quarterfinals. And I think given what happened in this Nigeria game, I think we and everyone else are going to have some serious concerns about what happens um, because we clearly have not figured our shit out yet. Um, and neither is Serena. And I hate, you know, I hate saying negative things about Serena, but I, I couldn't understand really what was happening in this game. I think everyone thought the China game was like, oh my God, like we've smashed it. She's a tactical genius. And then we go into the Nigeria game and it's like, hmm, maybe we've not got it. <laughs> maybe we've still got things to sure. do. <laughs> What's happening here? And I think there is this kind of um, sense of, you know, we've already seen Germany fall, we've seen the USA fall, we've seen Brazil fall, we've seen Canada fall, and we just feel like we're on the edge with them. Like, okay, well, like, yeah, at any like, moment. We're on the edge of that cliff, Clo, I'm telling you. There's no fucking horses in the race anymore, except maybe Japan tottering off on their own. Everybody else is just scattered <laughs> near the cliff, and it's very scary. And I feel like Serena Vigman's game plan at the moment is, she has like a deck of cards that all have a game plan on it, and she just goes, hmm this one and the one she picked tonight was not good if England become like the reading of the international stage like just hanging on for dear life and just trying what they can um so we face either Jamaica or Colombia in the quarterfinals that's taking place on Saturday in Sydney we will both be there obviously we're going to react to the game after on the podcast and see what the hell is going on everyone feels like it's squeaky bum time because we just don't know what the fuck's gonna happen like becky spencer's just like one you know player of player of like she's an absolutely fucking worldy of a game um 
Or it could be Colombia, who are absolutely smashing and storming the group, you know, taking taking the international stage by storm. So either one of those, despite on paper those being the easier teams to play, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It doesn't feel like that in the slightest. In fact, I would prefer to have faced France in the quarterfinals than face them later on in the stages. I would prefer <laughs> to actually do Jamaica and Colombia in the final. That's how I feel right now about these teams. So God knows what's going to happen. God knows what kind of formation we're going to set up. And God knows who's going to be playing on Saturday because none of us know anymore. I fear that Colombia-Jamaica may go to extra time and penalties because I did yesterday's game, yesterday's round of 16, which went to extra time and penalties. I did today's round of 16, which went to extra time and penalties. And I'm thinking that maybe I am the extra time and penalties fairy godmother or something. So... I really could do without doing another 120 minutes plus penalties for the third day in a row, if I'm totally honest. But that's right, how I think it might Can you not go. turn up on Saturday then? Because we just don't need that kind of energy, if I'm honest. All right, watch I it at home. I a rest right? between then and now. <laughs> for the benefit of the, the British nation, can you just watch it at home? All right? Just fuck <laughs> off, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> no one needs you there all right mate we don't need you there okay Soph can go instead she brings good vibes when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Moving on, there's so much to touch on. Australia, 2-0 Denmark. They progress also to the quarterfinals with Ford and Rasso getting on the score sheet again. Ford in the 29th minute, Rasso in the 70th. I mean, it was a really impressive performance from the co-hosts. I mean... They kept Penil Harder quiet. Sam Kerr got her first World Cup minutes. Um, obviously, she'll be really happy to play, but her girlfriend got knocked out yesterday. So that must be a really interesting dynamic. You're like, oh, Han, like, um, 
yeah, really excited. Got my first minutes. So I'm back from injury. And she was like, yeah, babe. Yeah, I'm on the way. I'm on, I'm on the flight home. Um, I mean, yeah. look at Magda getting through with Sweden in the most dramatic fashion and being like, hey, Brunella. Oh, oh shit. You've been knocked out. <laughs> that's what happens don't shit where you eat guys all right don't shit where you eat you can't, guys <laughs> you can't keep having says the woman who works with her wife <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep having these relationships and not expect there to be one person on flying form living their best absolute international life and someone heading home all right i don't i would love to be on the fly on the wall with these kind of you know when you get back and you're like, I mean, Penilla and time. <laughs> literally hey. Ericsson and Harder. Can you imagine with a bucket of KFC in the car, which is what they obviously love doing this year. They're sponsored by KFC. Like, hun, you have the last wing. You've had a harder international tournament than me. It's harder. A tough oh. one. Nice. See what I did there? See what I did there? Anyway, sorry, Australia, Denmark. All right. Uh, Rach, what were your thoughts about this game? I thought it looked very dominant. I thought there wasn't really that much of a concern for me that... Australia weren't going to walk away with the quarterfinal, to be honest. Um, and obviously, it was a massive plus for everyone. I was watching it in a bar on the way back from the stadium, uh, seeing England. And Sam Kerr coming on seemed to get everyone absolutely riled. But, slightly concerned, she did take a bit of a knock. And it didn't look great. Didn't look great. I feel like she might have come back too early. She might have done a Kira Walsh. Done a Walsh on this one. Come back a little bit too early, maybe. Um, be interesting to see whether she starts the next game. But... Yeah, what were your, what were your takes on on this game? Because well, I would I would argue that it wasn't uh, totally dominant from Australia. Um, I think okay. the first goal from Caitlin Ford, beautiful goal, beautifully taken. I think that was on the counter attack, um, and I thought Denmark looked dangerous up until the seventieth odd minute when Haley Rasso got that goal. Um, and looking at the stats as well, Denmark had more possession um, and as many shots on target. So and BBC gave Pernilla Harder player of the match. So that tells you that. Denmark did kind of, you know, what's the word like? I'm running out of words here, Chloe. I don't know whether I need more or less wine. But they kind of free wine. It is, yeah. They they put themselves in on this game. Like they made it difficult for Australia. Um, but yeah, I think like you know, with the home crowd and everything else, I think yeah, it it was. I felt like it was going to go Australia's way. I felt it was leaning that way. Um, I think I'd maybe pegged it 2-1. I thought Denmark maybe would get a goal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a uh, shame to see Denmark go out. But um, still great for the tournament to have Australia staying in and Caitlin Ford continuing to have um, a good tournament so far and stepping up in the absence of the likes of Sam Kerr, um, who did get minutes. Yeah, it's one of those risky things where it's like, we're already winning 2-0, let's just bring her on, trot her out, see what happens. Um, and as you said, her, her leg did do something funny, but uh, she was still walking by the end, so... I just think that is just such an unnecessary risk to take. Um, yeah, I get that she's a talisman. I get that she's posted here, there and bloody everywhere, all across every city in Australia. But just unnecessary. Just don't do it. Don't risk players like that. She clearly wasn't ready to start. And maybe she'd put pressure on the team to say, look, I need to come back on. But mm, just not good enough. But now Australia will face either... Morocco or France in the quarterfinals, depending on the outcome of that game, which is going to be played tomorrow night. Um, so we'll wait and see, basically, because I'm assuming, maybe naively, that it's probably going to be France. But you never know in this tournament. You just never bloody know. Right. Let's really get stuck in to one of the chunkiest, most exciting, exhilarating games that I have seen Oof. in quite some time. And bear with. Really? 
Okay. In full time, it was a bit of a shit okay. show, flat as fuck, yes. provided absolutely nothing. Um, bored shitless. However, <laughs> towards the latter stages, extra time and the penalty shootout in particular was probably the most exciting moments of my life. Okay, even if I go on to get married, go on to have children, I do, I, I still will remember this moment for a very long time. Sitting here in my Australian apartment in Brisbane, watching this game, trying to understand what the fuck is going on, watching the USA crumble and fall out of the World Cup in the final round of 16. And this is despite the fact that the president announced their entire squad, despite the fact that Nike had specific designers come in and design their entire fucking outfits, despite the fact that Taylor Swift was involved in announcing them, and despite everyone banging on about this was going to be their three-peat year, they go out in the round of 16. What happened? Because I don't understand. (laughs) That was such a long intro to a match. I don't know where I was supposed to come in. Um, firstly, I feel like they are the two most stylish teams in the World Cup this year. Um, mm-hmm. Sweden also brought it with some lovely kind of linen double-breasted uh, kind of mm. cream-coloured suits with a lovely kind of um, V-neck type uh, polo shirt underneath. Very snazzy. Mm. And obviously the Americans looked amazing in their in very cool Nike suits. Um, mm. I feel like this was the USA's best performance in the tournament. Uh, I think they took a lot of that criticism. My God, Carly Lloyd went in on them. It sounded borderline bitter. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Um, and mm. I think it's quite naive to just think the USA are shit now. Uh, and that's why they're losing. And I just think it's a really lazy way of looking at football. I think, you know, the USA are in transition now. I think it was Susie Rack who said it. The difference is that the USA in transition are now vulnerable. Whereas in the past, when we saw them kind of transitioning from maybe older players to younger players, um, they were still dominant and they were still almost untouchable. Whereas now with other teams investing and other teams improving massively, they're not untouchable now. And they're in this kind of period where they've got 14 players coming to a World Cup for the first time um, and that it's going to take time for all of them to gel so there's an element of that that you have to consider um, but equally you have to give them credit that this was their best game and only for the absolute wall that was Zichira Musevic saving absolutely anything that came anywhere near her um, they didn't win the game and I think Sweden were not good they registered one shot on target and I think that came in the 85th minute Um, and it just felt like it wasn't going to happen for the US. I think you've got to look at the key players for them yesterday. I thought Gurma and I thought Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, all these youngsters that are going to be, are the up-and-coming players of this team were the standout players, and I think you you need to kind of look beyond maybe this tournament because it's not like the USA are gone now and are no longer like the absolute powerhouses of women's football. They still are, but everyone's starting to catch up, and that's exciting. I think the, the the shine has come off the USA. I think um, everyone was expecting... Because they, they, they built themselves up, okay? I think it's really hard when you haven't stayed humble in the lead-up to the competition to then fall out 
gracefully. Like, I agree. Like, the performance from them wasn't a shit show. I mean, there were times... I mean, some of the stats, they had 77% of the possession at times. I mean, their ball recovery was like six seconds compared to um, to Sweden, who were having like 22, 27 seconds in their ball recovery. The USA wanted that game. I mean, that's, that is massive, absolutely massive. And the fact that you're relying so much on Musevic to pull out... These worldy saves. I mean, the shot from Haran on the edge of the box was recorded at 92 kilometres an hour. Oh she barely God. saw it before tipping it round the post. I was like, oh, Christ, if this goes to penalties, you lot are, it's game over. Because Musevic is having the absolute game of her life. Like, it just felt like everything she did was utter perfection. And I think when you get on that kind of run as a goalkeeper, it's very hard to get off because you are just built Every single time you're making a save, you grow in confidence, you you make bolder moves, you, you're more reactive, your communication starts stepping up. So to take that that moose of its two penalties, I think was probably what Sweden wanted because at that point, I would have backed Sweden to win the competition based on how Musevic was doing. But, I mean, her making 11 saves makes her the most amount of saves that a goalkeeper has made in a single game in the tournament. I mean... Had she not made those saves, it would have been the most embarrassing exit for a FIFA ranked th- they're third. They're third in the world, Sweden. So let's not let's not you know they should have they they, they didn't they didn't perform they didn't turn up at all. Um, and I think Madderson, I mean, she subbed it up really bloody well. She just I'm just so happy at the moment, happy and f- confused because I feel like I don't know what's happened. I can't believe that we managed to do that. I mean. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of disbelief around this. Um, but let's talk about the penalty shootout because this was like the spiciest moment, I think, in the World Cup to date because everyone was on the edge of their seats. They were like, is this really happening? Is the USA this close to being made to look like fools? Okay, and they were. They absolutely were. I mean, the people that you would have bet your house, your children's lives on, Rapino. Stepping up, never miss a penalty in her entire life, then misses a penalty. And the weirdest thing is, after we'd been through the round of the first 15 and it goes to like the, the sudden death type situation, who do you think is going to step up? Who would you be like, yeah, this will be number six? Rach, what are you saying? Wasn't it Kelly O'Hara who missed one? Well, Kelly O'Hara came seventh. The sixth penalty taker was Naya. Like, where did that come from? Who decided it was going to be Have you ever her? done that before? <laughs> Have you ever taken a no, penalty before? No, because no, because goalkeepers don't practice taking penalties. This is what doesn't make sense. But then I was like, okay, there's got to be some rationale behind this. And I was like, Kelly O'Hara obviously Maybe missed she her penalty. She hit the post. And I was thinking, okay, I don't think Kelly O'Hara wanted to take that penalty. I think Naya stepped in because she could see how concerned... Kelly O'Hara was about that penalty. And bearing in mind that she'd only just come on, really, barely touched the ball, and then was put in a penalty situation to try and save her nation. But also, Musevic, on her water bottle, had all the stats of the penalty takers. The only stat that she won't have had will have been Naya. So she won't have known where the fuck Naya was going. (laughs) She's the only one that she wouldn't have had any information on. So maybe that was the game plan. She was like, I know Musevic is having an absolute worldie of a game. The only player on that team that she won't have any detail about is Naya. Naya steps up, scores the penalty. Absolutely unreal. Credit to her. Like, Naya had an amazing game as well. And then she goes and scores a penalty. She couldn't have done anything anything more, that kid. Anything more. But of of all players on the Sweden team, (laughs) to put your money on being the one to send them through... Would it have been hurting? 
after the shit that we have given her Tig this year. No, although she's barely played. She's well, barely, barely played. played. So she's been in. She's been her Tig for half the season. And she comes. <laughs> I just. But the worst thing is she's now like. Sweden's saviour and she's only Sweden's saviour by a hairline okay that goal was so close by the height of her hair literally (laughs) it was so close the referee's watch didn't even buzz when that goal went over because it was that close you know in Hawkeye in Wimbledon when they zoom in on like just how close it was they couldn't even do that because they couldn't differentiate really whether it was a goal so I think someone up in the VRR was like it was a millimetre yeah yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, yeah, it'd be crazy to have the USA out. Fuck it, let's do it. That's how I think that was decided. So the USA have crashed out of the tournament in a really dramatic end in the final round of 16. It is it is what it is. It's one of the best World Cups we've ever seen. It's competitive as hell. Um, right, another Titan who did come up trumps, who did do as we expected. Japan got the better of Norway, uh, 3-1 to progress to the last eight. What a performance. Very solid. Norway, again, completely underperforming. Uh, Miyazawa on target for the golden boot. I think she's now got her fifth goal of the tournament. I mean, Rach, are these now the ones to watch? Are these the kind of tournament favourites now that we've had all these all these all these Titans crash out and England are kind of not looking too good right now. Yeah, they have to be. And I think they've also played some really different like styles of football uh, against various different teams. When you look at they played uh, Spain, beat them 4-0 and had like 23% possession or something like that. And in the game against Norway, they dominate possession. You know, they're they're an adaptable team. Um Probably not their absolute strongest performance against Norway. And credit to Norway, I did think they were in the game and they they played better than they've played this tournament, I think. Um, but yeah, they're absolutely the favourites. And the fact that they're such a young team, you know, is, is frightening, I think, for opponents. I think for Japanese fans, it's a very, very exciting time. Do we think Hegarisa's job is on the line? Um Norway, I think we talked about this before, Norway are a team who are completely underperforming given the talent that they've had. And I think they obviously put a lot of pressure on themselves. There was a lot of mistakes that they made to create their own mountain. I mean, Engen had the own goal. Burries has passed straight into the path of uh, Shimizu in the six-yard box. Um, it, it was just, it, it felt like they, they were just kind of undoing themselves. Um, and there's a lot of questions asked about why the manager cannot get the best out of a squad that should be on paper, making it through to the, you know, the quarters, the semi-finals quite easily. I think it's an interesting one. I'm trying to remember who said it to me. I think it was Lizzie, who is the US correspondent for 90 Min. I think it was her. But she was saying that, like, wondering, is too much being put on the manager? This is the second manager now. Same players. What is the lowest, what is the common denominator here? It is the players. Um, And you're just wondering, is it a case of poor management or is there, you know, there's some responsibility on the players as well in terms of, how they come together. Is it too many very, very good individuals in a team? You know, they've played a bit better when not all of their stars are playing. You know, Hegeberg and Monum were on the bench yesterday. Yesterday? The day before? Um, so that, you know, begs the question, do they play better when not all of their stars are all on at the same time? I don't know. And that is up to a manager to figure out. But I do think maybe she should be given a little bit more time because it's not like she came in and suddenly these problems started. I think... um 
okay, that's very fair, very balanced from you, very pragmatic. Um, okay, all right. No, I'll give you that, Rach. You know, we don't we don't agree on a lot. Um, but yeah, fine. Um, right, Spain. To wrap up, Spain beat Switzerland five one. Bonmati, shining, glowing for Spain. Uh, she was fuming after the defeat to Japan, but scored two here. Obviously, Pateas didn't start. I think I we came into this tournament, I think a lot of people came into this tournament thinking that Pateas was going to be the massive talisman for Spain, just got back from injury, obviously not played too many minutes with um, Barcelona, managed to get some minutes just off the back of the, you know, the them being a part of the, uh, the Champions League. Um, and I think what we've actually seen is a Spain who have performed fairly well without their kind of former captain. And also Barcelona didn't struggle at all without Puteas. Like I don't feel like, I feel like if anything, the, not that Puteas isn't an absolutely fucking incredible player, but I think everyone kind of like pinned everything on her. Like she was the linchpin. She was kind of like, you know, if she's not there, it's going to be, ah, let's panic stations. But it's not because there's been some big, big, performances bon Matic has been absolutely outstanding um do you think this is a kind of change in the space a sort of not a change of the guard maybe but a sense of okay chill out Pateas isn't there doesn't mean that we're we're struggling at all um or do you still think that she is really key to their success in this tournament um I wouldn't necessarily say it's that she's really key to the success in this tournament I mean I think she's an incredibly talented player and still one of the best players in the world but Spain are stacked and have incredible mm. players who have stepped up in her absence, who have stepped up while she had her ACL injury. You've got a number of Are players who've stepped in. Are you surprised by like Spain um, and how well they've done, given obviously the issues that they've had with Jorge? Because I am. I wasn't expecting them to kind of be so dominant. Well, they did lose 4-0 to Japan, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I'm a bit surprised. I'm, And the thing is, I like a lot of the players, but I also didn't really want Vilda to do well because... I, I don't want him to win a World Cup with all this shit that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit surprised, especially given some of them came back so late and I did wonder how that was going to, you know, you've got the players who stepped in in their absence and then you've got some of them coming back now and how that was going to all work together and how the mood in camp would be. So, yeah, I am surprised. And fair foxism, I mean, they're bloody good at football, so maybe that isn't going to throw them off. Um I do think it'll be interesting to see how they get on against the Netherlands. Um, Netherlands have, have grown into the tournament, I feel. I think I don't think they started brilliantly, but they have been getting better as the tournament has gone on. But equally against South Africa, Daphne van Domseler, um was the player of the match and had to make a lot of saves. Um, so uh, both teams maybe have shown vulnerabilities in the tournament, but I would think Spain could edge it. Okay. Well, Spain take on the Netherlands on Friday, so that'll be a very tasty little fixture. It's quite nice now that we're getting into the real nitty-gritty, the real crunch time of the tournament. Um, but we will be back very, very shortly. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of Upfront. We'll be back on Wednesday to look ahead to the quarterfinals. Remember to subscribe in your podcast app and get in touch with your questions in the meantime on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Morgie underscore 89. Rach is at Girls on the Ball. And we are generally at Upfront underscore pod. You can also find us on YouTube. We are at Upfront pod or one word. See you this Wednesday. Upfront is a stack production.
and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.